for the end of the world listen to your community spirit the show about caring sharing and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of mother earth you are listening to your community spirit on your community radio station. This oh. is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. What are we going to talk about? Let's talk about stuff that's happening in the world. Yes. Live, local, and in your face. <laughs> Let's first say that today is Friday, the 14th of August, and today is Kool-Aid Days. It's also Navajo Code Talkers Day, from the, in, at least in the Navajo Nation, and VJ Day. Ah, yeah. So we've also got, uh, coming up this weekend, we've got, coming up tomorrow, uh, is Best Friends Day. Well, look at that. It's also National Homeless Animals Day and Candlelight Vigils. Um, and National Relaxation Day. We uh, need a day for that? <laughs> I think we do. A lot of people don't know how to relax. Remember, tomorrow is National Relaxation Day. <laughs> and um, there's also going to be this, like, kissing thing. So you <laughs> might want to be relaxed for that. We'll yeah. mention that a little later. <laughs> That'll help get you relaxed. And uh, another thing, anniversary of Woodstock. Uh, is falling out yeah, of Relaxation Day. definitely makes you relax <laughs> there. And uh, birthday of Napoleon Bonaparte. Not so relaxed. No, he, he he didn't seem like a very relaxed guy. Um, Sunday is the anniversary of Elvis Presley's death, and is the birthday of Madonna. Should I say her full name? <laughs> I didn't know she had so many names. She's she's got like twenty names. Yeah, look at that. One, two, three, four. They're like all first names. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I I guess, so anyway. But um, Sunday is the birthday of Madonna. So <laughs> if you have um something you would like to have happen send it to us for the happenings list but we will read this long list of happenings that people have sent us in yes so let's see coming up in the uh, happenings this is uh, happening for today <coughs> excuse me it's uh, big issues on the big screen at the big muddy IMC it's the big muddy independent media center uh, their film tonight is uh uh, that August is Back to School Learn Your History Month, and so today's film is uh, Judgment at Nuremberg. So you can learn your history about Nuremberg. This is a fictionalized film, uh, but it's an account of the post-World War II Nuremberg trials that's based on the actual trials of certain uh, what judges would you like who to see executed done? Nazi uh, So this raises uh, a lot of questions that people can discuss. And... Uh, 
This is coming up at 214 North Washington in Carbondale at 7 p.m. tonight. Now we've got a few uh, regularly scheduled happenings, but doesn't make them any less important. Farmer's Market from 8 a.m. till noon. That's every week. And I think now's the time to get your tomatoes. Yes, tomato. (laughs) Hey, wait a second. You say tomato. I say tomato. (laughs) Oh, let's not start that song. I don't think either one of us can sing it. (laughs) There's a song? Yeah. You say tomato. I say tomato. (laughs) You don't know that song? Yeah. Oh, it goes on, but... Oh. No, I don't know that song. I don't really know most of it yet, anyway. <laughs> I'm also um, Saturday mornings from the volunteer coordinator for Habitat for Humanity. Folks, we will be working at 2217 Robley Street in Murfreesboro this Saturday. We will start at 8 a.m. and work till noon. They're doing a lot of painting and facade work now. And uh, essentially, well, finalizing and making the house beautiful. And also coming up on Saturday, uh, but this is from noon to one, they're having the Vigil for Peace. That's happening at the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. That's at the Town Square Pavilion by the railroad tracks. Did you get the kissing information? Uh, yes, I did, actually. Uh, they're having, uh, we mentioned that we're having the kissing. Uh, grab your partner, a platonic friend, and or a poster, and head to the Carbondale Town Square Pavilion. But not a stranger. Not a stranger. Yeah. And you also, you also don't want to be going around trying to kiss other people's partners. That can get you into trouble. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole point of this is to sh- have public shows of affection. People yeah. are still very uncomfortable showing. Now, this isn't like um, having sex in public. <laughs> yeah. This is public shows of affection. Yeah, this is... Kiss- yeah. Kissing is affection. Kissing is a natural behavior. Like, I'll, uh, I like... Uh, one or two of the quotes they've got here, so let's see. Uh, they believe that there's not enough love and affection in the world because most people are afraid to show it. Uh, we would never be afraid of a brief, or we should never be afraid of a brief, unimposing display of affection. There's nothing wrong with a hug, a kiss on the mouth, or a kiss on the cheek. And they're doing this uh, on uh, Saturday, that's tomorrow. It's happening at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, which is uh, 1 p.m. Uh, Central Time in our time zone. So, uh, and it's, let's see, yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's partially just because you want to show that, you know, it's okay to show affection for people. It's also specifically for showing that it's okay for GLBTQ people to uh, kiss in public. You know, so kiss, anybody. Yeah, so anybody can come, you know, and kiss. <laughs> because I know it's a thing where, like, you know, people who are heterosexual, you know, they're, if they kiss in public, oftentimes people... You know, they may say, oh, PDA, that's that's silly, but not really pay attention. Um, excuse me, PDA? Uh, public display of affection. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So they may, like, see it and say, oh, that's that's kind of not my thing, but I'm, I don't care. But then sometimes if they see, you know... I just realize you're more hip than me. <laughs> you know what PDA... Because I know PDA. <laughs> for me, a PDA is like an electronic device. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me more geeky than you. <laughs> Wait a I, that's second, impressed. song. I I rarely meet someone more geeky than me. <laughs> so, but um, you know, it's hard if if you you know two two guys kissing each other in public. That shouldn't be a cause for you know commotion and fighting and all that. But sometimes it is. So this is in solidarity. You know, we can all go there and kiss and show that it's okay to display affection for each other. Very good. Um. 
also on the same day, like, I like the kissing part, but I'm going to be in St. Louis. Huh. And I just found out about something in St. Louis that makes me pretty glad that I'm going to be in St. Louis because St. Louis is participating in the next World Naked Bike Ride. That's right. Tomorrow, Saturday, the 15th of August, 2009, at Tower Grove Park, 7 p.m. start the pre-ride festivities because people are going to be painting each other, and then 9 p.m. is the departure. This is in St. Louis, Tower Grove Park, Stoop Plaza. The reason why they're having the World Naked Bike Ride is to protest oil dependency, promote comfortable body image, to raise awareness of cyclists in a motor-driven world, and to bring together the cycling community. Participants are encouraged to go as bare as they dare, though nudity is by no means necessary. You're welcome to come fully clothed, covered in body paint, in your underwear, in a crazy costume. Last year, there was a pretty good mix of the above. In addition, the ride is not exclusive to bicyclists. Rollerblades and other body-powered modes of transportation are also welcome. Note, no spray paint, please. Hmm. Cycling to the park is encouraged, but not necessary. There is no parking inside the park due to the curfew. So that is the World Naked Bike Ride. Uh, yes. Well, you can go to the World Naked Bike Ride and then tell them that it's also a uh, kiss-in day. Yeah. <laughs> that might get a little confusing there. But yeah. <laughs> there is definitely some really awesome um, pictures on the on the web of people... Dressing and painting themselves up as animals, as... I mean, there was this one woman that literally has, like, a 10-foot-tall feather whatever. She looked huh. like a giant peacock that she had, like, hooked this whole contraption to herself. Yeah. And it was so um, flamboyant that you didn't notice she was naked. <laughs> well, it took me about five minutes to not notice. <laughs> yeah. I've seen, too, there have been... I've seen pictures from these events, and there's sometimes someone who, like paint themselves so it looks like they're wearing something like it looks like they're wearing a suit or whatever yeah that a lot of them are that way yeah they get pretty creative yeah <laughs> so that's a few of the happenings you got anything else we'll no, be right back so. with the news uh, what would you like to see done <clears throat> both on your behalf and on the behalf of your people by citizens well I'm 43 years old now, and I've been struggling for Indian rights since I was a teenager's treaty rights. And uh, I think it's about time that the American citizens uh, put pressure on their government and their elected officials to uh, to get them to start honoring all these treaties that they made with us, so that uh, Indian people can move forward. 
That was Leonard Peltier in his own words. Today, the parole board is set to tell us what they're planning to do with his case. I mean, they really decided it like two weeks ago, but, you know, today they're releasing the findings. Um, well, what are they going to do with Leonard Peltier? We'll get to find out. All right. Hopefully the, they'll set him free. The U.S.'s number one political prisoner. So, in other news, should we talk about climate change? I don't know. Maybe. Is climate change still going on? I think so. Well, then we should talk about it. (laughs) I first want to talk about this lady who's rowing her way around the world, one stroke at a time. Raj Savage, today is day 82 of her rowing away. Farewell, fingernails. This is from her blog online at rajrozsavage.com. Day 82, farewell, fingernails. Last night I had a dream about Mike and Chris, who are currently rowing the North Pacific. Their website is golden. Let's see, goldengateendeavor.com. In my dream, I was taking a look around their boat, Bill Jangles, when staggered at the size of it. It had a cabin so high you could stand up, and in luxury of luxuries, a flush toilet. No doubt, Mick and Chris would find the contracts between my dream and the reality extremely amusing. I wonder how Mick and Chris are faring up physically. Um, Mick and Chris will be on sea for five to six months, so they might lose a lot of pounds. Me? I'm not doing too badly. I lost about 25, 30 pounds on each of my previous long crossings. I guess I lost less than that this time, maybe about 15 pounds. But it's hard to tell, having neither scales nor mirror. I'm happy. I managed to avoid the tendonitis that made my Atlantic crossing so miserable. I just have the usual ration of minor ocean-going maladies, a touch of toothache, which should go away in a few days ongoing spots and rashes from the salt water and heat blister and blood spots on my feet where the rowing shoes rubbed an oddity that always happens fingernails parting company with fingers they don't fall off but the white extends down towards the quick and it takes a while for them to get back to normal when i reach dry land so i'm not actually feeling my most glamorous and would seriously love a good long shower But if I ever start feeling sorry for myself, I just thank my lucky stars that I am not Mick or Chris and crossing the whole Pacific nonstop. At least I get to do some sightseeing along the way, and who in their right mind would row straight past Hawaii without dropping in? So, (laughs) Um, if you are thinking you're having a bad day, Raj Savage is rowing across the ocean. Yeah. (laughs) By herself. I mean, well... Not as by yourself as you think. I mean, she's got technology. She can call someone up on the phone. She can get emails from people. She sends blogs out. She's very much connected to her community. I mean, you think the people who have Facebook status updates are, you know, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine being able to update your status from the middle of the ocean every day. That's what she does. (laughs) Yeah. And she has a pretty substantial following on, you know, Twitter and her blog and all that stuff. Of people, you know, giving her comments and because she's run into storms where, you know, she would go to bed and the next morning she'd wake up and she'd been blown further back than she rode the last four days. Yeah. So she'd mm-hmm. have to row over the same section. That's got to be aggravating. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's like a one step forward, four steps back. <laughs> well, it's row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Okay. So 
On to other news. Uh, we have this one. Uh, what do you think? Good idea? Bad idea? Yesterday at the National Clean Energy Summit in Las Vegas... In, wait a second. Clean <laughs> Energy Summit in, in Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> I guess they may as well have a little bit of fun while they're talking about clean energy. There you go. And, and Las Vegas, with all those shining lights, they got to be sure they're getting clean energy. Yeah, they're actually putting in a lot of renewable energy in Vegas. <laughs> so... Uh, Guess who shows up in uh, Vegas? It's uh, Bill Clinton. <laughs> he showed up and he suggested that the Cash for Clunkers program could serve as a model to speed up the adoption of electric cars, a kind of EVs for clunkers, if you will. Clinton didn't give too many details on how he would imagine such a program working, but he did mention that he thought the current Cash for Clunkers had set the bar for, quote, fuel-efficient vehicles too low. And it, it is kind of a low bar. You know, it, it makes you increase your fuel efficiency a little bit. But uh, when you compare it to, like, the electrics, for example, <laughs> they get the equivalent of, like, you know, 100 miles per gallon or better, <laughs> some of them. Well, actually, uh, what is it? Chevy released that their Chevy Volt is going to get the equivalent of 230 miles to the gallon. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where they're getting the numbers, but probably the same place they got the numbers to keep their business going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There I fixed it. This is the website of the week. There I fixed it. A showcase of ugly ingenuity. Here is a website that champions mankind's ingenuity, non creating bright, shiny new gadgets and gizmos, but making do with what already exists. This is a website that uses duct tape, string, hose. They've got a low flush toilet. That literally, it's a hose and some duct tape from the sink to the toilet. <laughs> and so you turn the faucet on to flush the toilet. That's a low-flush toilet. It only works when, you know, you turn the faucet on. <laughs> um, along with a few of the examples shown on There I Fixed It would win awards for their aesthetics, but they do indicate how creative people can make things from literally nothing. I love this website for the do-it-yourselfer. Um, it's like, what can you use with a little bailing wire and string? <laughs> anyway, you just have to go to this website, thereifixedit.com. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes, so you can become the uh, MacGyver of home improvement. <laughs> um, yeah, this is way beyond MacGyver. Oh, I, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is clever hack to make your life work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so should we? You think we should talk about climate change today? Only if we talk about how people are trying to stop it. <laughs> I mean, the bill. Yes, stopping the bill. <laughs> uh, oil lobbyists arranging town hall-style protests to attack climate bill. If you've turned on a television at any point over the last week or so. It's unlikely you've escaped the images of angry protesters shouting down congressmen trying to discuss and explain health care reform. I haven't even turned on the TV, and yet I've seen those images. As you've likely seen, it gets pretty ugly. Such tactics prevent open, intelligent debate and obscure a productive exchange of ideas. And oil, coal, and manufacturing lobbying groups have apparently been taking notes. They're about to employ such tactics to oppose the climate bill. Uh, that's pretty ominous. The now familiar charge that enacting a climate bill will cripple the economy, cost American families thousands of dollars a year, 
and results in the loss of millions of jobs is going to be their line of attack. These are charges which have been largely proved to be based on faulty information, but a surprising new poll reveals vast majority of Americans support the climate bill. <laughs> so a recent, recent Zogby telephone poll was conducted to gauge public opinion of the Waxman-Markey climate bill. And I, I'm not entirely surprised by the results. I've, I really believe people are interested in it. But the poll found that an overwhelming majority of Americans, 71% support the bill. 71%. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed 71% by the... 71% of Americans don't support anything. Yeah. I'm impressed by that high of a number. I would have guessed over 50%, but 71% is a lot. So the results also packed a number of other startlingly positive climate bill-related uh, revelations. It turns out that Americans of every age, income group, and political affiliations support the bill much more than previously thought. Uh, the poll found that support that ran uh, su support ran high among Democrats, Independents, and Republicans. 89% of Democrats, 73% of Independents, and 45% of GOPers had a favorable view of the climate bill that passed the House of Representatives in June. So that is pretty exciting news. I mean, there's, uh, there's already been all of this effort going into making you know people believe climate change doesn't exist and that doing anything about it is going to ruin the economy but people aren't buying it people people are learning that there is evidence out there for climate change and they're uh, finally getting ready to do something about it po so, yeah possibly yeah it's pretty yeah. exciting well australia just did did not put their bill to, through it did not pass in australia ah uh, yeah. yeah so but I mean, considering Australia is what is, or was the last country besides us, we still have not signed the Kyoto Protocol. Australia yeah. was the last industrialized nation to sign the Kyoto Protocol. Um, this is a chance for us to step forward. I mean, us meaning you. <laughs> well, yeah, all of us. Yeah. So, here's some news that we've been following. The Federal Trade Commission, the nation's consumer protection agency, wants you to know that soft bamboo products on the market today are actually rayon. They are made using toxic chemicals in a process that releases pollutant into the air. That's right. Have you been bamboozled by bamboo fabrics? Looking to be a more environmentally conscious shopper, you've probably heard about bamboo. Bamboo stands out for its ability to grow quickly with little or no need for pesticides. And yes, it is a very, very good product. But when it comes to soft bamboo textiles like shirts or sheets, there's a catch. They're actually rayon. The Federal Trade Commission, the nation's consumer protection agency, wants you to know that soft bamboo products on the market are rayon. Rayon is made using toxic chemicals in a process that releases pollutants into the air. Extracting bamboo pro fibers is expensive and time-consuming, and textiles made just from bamboo fiber don't feel silky smooth. There's no evidence that rayon made from bamboo retains the antimicrobial properties of the bamboo products. Even when bamboo is the plant source used to create rayon, no traits of the original plant are left in the finished product. So, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but soft bamboo, on quotes, products are rayon, and rayon is made from a very highly toxic chemical process. 
<laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. So let's see, in other news, um, oh, we, sh- we should mention this one about genetically modified foods. Uh, Egypt bans genetically modified foods. Can it be done? In a surprising move, Egypt just announced that it won't be importing or exporting any genetically modified foods. Period. Plenty of traders both inside and outside the country were stunned, seeing as how Egypt's main agricultural imports currently include many GMOs. Can the nation realistically succeed in cutting out uh, genetically modified foods on such a large scale? According to Reuters, any agricultural imports to Egypt must have a certificate from the country of origin that the product is not genetically modified. And the rule will also apply to Egyptian exports, the official news agency said on Wednesday. So there's another entire country that has said no to GMOs. Yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> Other news we've been following. Well, should we just like pass over that really quickly? Yeah, it's we could like, just do the summary of some of these. Well, it's the idea that one whole country has a banned GMOs just like that is phenomenal. Yeah. I think we should give them a little bit of kudos, but I don't know what kudos are. <laughs> so if someone can tell me what a kudo is... We can give them non-genetically modified kudos. <laughs> so, news we've been following. Obama sips it. Paris Hilton loves it. Mary J. Blige won't sing without it. How did Fiji's plastic water bottle, imported from a military dictatorship thousands of miles away, become the epitome of cool? Yeah, that's a good question. There you hmm. go. Something we've been following. Another bit of news we've been following. After surpassing the United States as the world's largest producer of household garbage... What? We're not in the lead anymore? We're not number one. Oh, oh. no. Let's oh. throw some garbage at China. <laughs> That's probably why. We've been shipping it there. <laughs> well, China has embarked on a vast program to build incinerators as landfills run out of space. Uh, but these incinerators have become a growing source of toxic emissions from dioxin to mercury that can damage the body's nervous systems. So... I guess instead of putting it in the soil, they're putting it in the air so everyone can breathe it in. Yeah, let's ship it all over the world. <laughs> General Motors s- said Tuesday that its Chevrolet Volt extended range electric vehicle, I guess they have a regular Chevy Volt and the <laughs> extended range one. Anyway, the extended range vehicle scheduled for release in 2011 would achieve a fuel rating of 230 miles a gallon in city driving. How long do you think it'll be before we don't say gallons? Like, we'll say miles per watt. (laughs) Uh, I think it'll probably still be a while, but hopefully eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Miles per dollar. That's the one I want to hear. Miles per dollar. (laughs) Yeah, it's like miles per dollar. My car gets 70 miles per dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We can slip one more in there. Speaking of uh, fuel... Uh, or, well, speaking of oil, <laughs> as the government, the media, and citizen activists grapple with fixing our health care system, one three-letter word has been conspicuously absent from the president on down. Oil. That's O O I L, <laughs> Three-letter word. Kind of a four-letter word, too, but, uh, but it should be in there. Given medicine's dependence on fossil fuels and the prospect of higher oil prices, now double that of last December, Dwindling oil supplies will likely give our health system a shock. That's one of the many aspects of oil that a lot of people don't think about is plastics come from oil. And, you know, if the oil goes away, all the plastics go away. Plastic? Go away? It (laughs) doesn't go away. 
<laughs> we just have to start reusing the plastic we have. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the problems with plastic. It doesn't go away. <laughs> it never goes away. It's like... It collects in the ocean well, and kills people things. people think it goes away. They put it in their trash and it leaves their yard. Yeah. But... <laughs> away is always somewhere. Yeah, well, China obviously is doing a good job of getting rid of it somehow. Yeah, sharing the wealth. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little <clears> of that. So, this has been another exciting... Yes. <laughs> exciting, <laughs> informative... I didn't learn anything. <laughs> Um, I will be gone next week for the North Carolina S- Solar, well, let's see, Southern Energy and Environmental Expo. There we go. <laughs> but um, see you again <laughs> next week on the yes. radio. On the radio.